and I believe we are live, Suzanne. So, Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us on the 10X Managers podcast. Um, as you know, this is our second live interview that we've done and really excited to have both you and everyone in the audience here listening and hopefully taking part by asking the questions in the chat. Um, so <laughs> if there is anybody listening to this after the fact and you haven't joined us live, then just make sure you go out and check 10xmanagers.com and look on the events page for all our future interviews. But to get us kicked off today, Suzanne, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? I certainly can. Thanks very much for having me, first and foremost. Um, as I said to you when we first spoke, I think this is a really, really exciting way of helping people to share experiences, learn, grow for those who may be first into their management leadership roles and those who are maybe very experienced uh, or, or just maybe need a little bit of guidance or really just want to share some of their, as I say, their experiences that will help others in the future. So really great idea, great platform, well done. Um, but yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, so I'm Suzanne Homewood. I am uh, currently uh, working at a fintech called Money Hub. Uh, but my background, I come back into that because it's all part of the story, really. But my background is uh, predominantly telco. I did a, I did a stint in print management, photocopiers, as they were in those days, um, in my early sales career. And um, then uh, Telco, so uh, started with Orange, T-Mobile. We joined everybody together as uh, Everything Everywhere. Uh, and then into EE that everybody knows now. Um, that was a really exciting journey. Um, and uh, predominantly B2B, I did a 12 months in franchise uh, for EE. Um, uh, that was, again, a very huge learning curve in, in many, many different ways. Um, then I was at Samsung, headed up their B2B team, um, and uh, decided to change my life, I guess, change what I was doing, and I do three days a week for Money Hub. Um, I'm building their um, so financial services technology, fintech, uh, open banking, open finance, and building a market for them outside of financial services, obviously using my uh, knowledge and network um, in, in the telco retail markets. But, uh, yeah, so a, a long and wouldn't say, yeah, you should say long, illustrious career, but a long career, <laughs> but with some amazing <laughs> stuff, amazing people, amazing solutions, amazing technology along the way. Fantastic. Well, looking forward to hearing a little bit more about it today as well. And just a reminder for anyone in the audience that the chat box on the right hand side, if you've got any questions for Suzanne as we go through this, drop them in there and I'll make sure they get asked for you. Um, but how about we get kicked off, Suzanne, with your view of what is the role of a manager? Yeah, um, so there's obviously a difference between manager and leader. Um, and I think that's probably the most important thing to always remember. A manager is there to help support, give guidance, direction in terms of the job you're doing today, uh, the role you've got in the company, uh, the things you do. Um, when you need help and support, uh, the, the, the guide on the culture, all that kind of stuff. So man managing, I guess, managing process, managing skill. I mean, the clues in the word managing um, leadership is something very different. Uh, it, it, that is about leadership, leading vision, uh, leading engagement, uh, leading motivation, enthusiasm, inspiration. Uh, big emotive words as opposed to managing outputs um, and but I think I think it is important because a lot of people think they are leading when they're managing and managing when they're leading 
Um, and, and I guess the big, the big differential for me, the big thing that sits in the middle um, between those two things is that kind of listening mm -hmm. and helping people be the best that they can be, which you mm -hmm. can do in a management role and you can do in a leadership role, but how you do it is different. Do, do, you, do you believe that you're either a manager or a leader or are they blended skills that fit into into the same roles? No, I think I think they're blended skills, but you spend, as you go up an organisation, you spend more time doing the leadership and less time the management. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a senior leader, you wouldn't be managing your, your senior leadership team on a day-to-day -day basis. They are capable of doing that job. They're probably far more capable than you are. I know your session this morning was about leading a team of people who are better at what they do. That's what, mostly, what most CEOs are doing. They're leading a team of people who know what they're doing and they don't need that day-to-day -day management. Um, so uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something you have in your skill set. Um, but as I say, as you go further up in an organisation, you, you, you use less of that managerial process and more of that coaching, leading, uh, mentoring, guiding, um, visionary approach makes a lot of sense no thank you for that um okay so let's talk about your experience and go into a little bit more about you suzanne so let's have a look at what you see as your managerial your leadership superpower this is such a great question it is such a great <laughs> question because it really makes you think god what 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 am i good at what what did i what did i do well what uh, what 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 would people remember me for and and that's the way i've looked at it so if i'm if I'm talking to uh, somebody who used to work for me, uh, you know, what would they say about me? And I decided that I think the things that they would say about me would be a real interest. Um, and what I mean by that is if somebody tells me something, I, I don't just say, okay, great, let's crack on with whatever we're talking about. I've always got a question about it. Tell me more. Um, and, and that's a real human interest in people. Um, I guess that comes from my original sales days. Uh, I was so uh, my husband and I we we met at work, um, and we always we always talk about. There's only ever been one sales trainer in my life that I remember. I still remember his name, Peter Slane. He was a brilliant guy, um, and he he gave us little nuggets that we we still laugh about today. But one of them was, those who ask more generally get more. And that for me was absolutely for sales, a sales trait. Um, uh, but for a leader, that is also important. And that's both with your team, but also internally, externally to the team. And, and let me define that. So as a leader, my, my screen is sticking a bit. Are you okay? You can hear me and see me okay? Yeah, all okay for me, Suzanne, yeah. Good. Um, so uh, as a leader, if you're if you're going to set vision and direction, you have to be able to listen to feedback and, and what your people think about what you're saying and what you're doing, where you want to take them. Um, and you have to be able to bring everybody along with you. So, yeah, you're setting a great vision, you're setting the direction, um, but then actually listening to what people have said about that, how they feel about it. Um, uh, their, their engagement with it and, and 
that isn't surface listening. That's deep listening. That's deep questioning, mm -hmm. asking another question to understand. I mean, that comes into coaching and all of those elements that are uh, truly powerful when you get it right for getting your team in the best possible place that they can be. Um, so I guess asking those questions, um, again, if I stick with the coaching element of, I mean, there's the, the, the coaching guidance of the seven whys. It's actually really hard to get to seven whys uh, because by the time you've reached three, you're, why is that? Tell me why. And what might you do if and why? Uh, so that's actually quite hard to get to. But actually, the deeper you can go, the more that person you're with is feeling truly involved and engaged in or you're engaged in this conversation and, and truly listening to them and what's impacting them or important to them or what they're trying to achieve. Um, and coming back to that management versus leadership question, um, I don't believe that I motivate people. I believe and I hope that I inspire them to motivate themselves. People are self-motivated. You get up in the morning yourself, you make your decision to get up. And, and get on and do whatever it is, go for a run or walk the dog or whatever it is that you're you're into and that you get out of bed for every day, look after the kids um, or, or go to work and, and do the best you can be, be the best you can be. Uh, and that's what I believe as a leader, your role is to inspire people to be the best that they can be by giving them an environment within which they can be their best. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and so again, breaking that down again, my, my superpower is, being that human being asking the right questions that enables people to understand what their best version of themselves is. Because often people don't know people, uh, and, and you've got a question at the end, which is about the, the biggest impact on my life. So I'm not going to talk about it now, otherwise I won't be able to answer that question at the end. But um, are, there are seminal moments that you have in discussions with great, great leaders that really make you sit back and go, Crikey, I've not thought about that myself. Now, it's not about that person being brilliant because they've suddenly given you this light bulb. You had the light bulb, you just hadn't switched it on because it was either hiding in the background or you hadn't really done deep enough or you kept going to switch it on and then you go, oh, no, I can't switch that on. So uh, that's how I see it is how do I help people walk over to that light bulb and go, do you know what, we're putting that on and I'm going after that. That, that's the role of an inspiring leader. Ask questions, ask, help people to get to where they want to be and, and help them achieve the best that they can. And, and that might just be in an individual moment in time in one thing that they've got a problem with, uh, how do they fix it? Um, it might be a much broader sense of how, how, do I, how do I get my next job? How do I get your job? Um, uh, how do I leave? Um, uh, it could be anything, but that, that, that kind of bring that into your human self of interest in the people who work for you. Um, and by that nature, people want to follow because they believe, they believe you can help them be the best they can be, um, and that you've listened to them. And then when you have to deliver bad news, because that's part of being a leader as well, actually they there's that trust and understanding because you spent that much more time with them you understand how they might be impacted by it both on a personal level as well as obviously themselves at work um and you can be human in managing that with them um and then and then the other question the other bit i said there was two elements to this the other bit about asking questions i think is really important 
is then that external impact. You rarely a team on your own. You might be a really small business and you're the CEO and that's your team, but you've still got suppliers, you've got relationships around you, you've got things that impact and you work with that enable you to deliver whatever it is you're delivering in your business. And the questions you ask to your external teams, whether they are internal in the company or external in a supply chain, they're really important as well, because that means you can really be powerful with your visionary uh, strategic thinking, because you're taking into consideration all of those other elements around you. Um, an example I've got there for me was particularly with the franchise team. So uh, it was in a real mess. Um, it was in isolation within EE. There was um, 160 odd, uh, sorry, 300 odd retail stores. Um, uh, and there was 20 franchise stores. They're a real little isolated team on their own. Everybody kind of pushed them away. They were having a terrible time. So they needed me to come in and kind of get it into a really good place. Um, and part of that was bringing them into the retail team, not pushing them outside of the retail team. So asking those questions of what was important to everybody within the retail team and around the retail team, and then ensuring the franchisees and their brand and how they presented themselves as small business owners and what was really important to them, that people understood actually the underlying thing was they wanted to do the best possible thing that they could do for their business, their employees and the brand. Uh, they weren't just being difficult or money grabbing or all of those things that people think outside looking in, uh, perception. Um, so ask the questions, find out and make real um, links and understandings to be able to then um, drive that vision and um, set out that, as I say, those strategic kind of imperative and pillars that you have to get the business moving forwards. Brilliant. No, I, I, I mean, the idea of being able to inspire and really enable somebody to motivate themselves is it, it, something that I think all leaders aspire to be able to do. Um, I love the example on kind of the, the, the company side and the external side. Is there any stories that you could share on kind of the one-to-one -one level with employees that, 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 that could uh, kind of explain this in a little bit more detail as well in terms of the, that, that ability? Yeah. Um, gosh, lots of them. Um... If I probably go to a couple more recent ones. So, um, yeah, I'll give an example, actually, just, just literally in the last few weeks. Um, somebody I work with uh, at Money Hub um, and just really having that time with him, he, he wanted some feedback. So um, I we agreed on a process in whereby I give him some feedback. Um, we'd, we'd spent lots of time talking about um, a number of different things about his role and what he wanted to achieve. Um, but we, I, I, I suggested we use this as a proper feedback and then coaching environment to help him think about his next steps and wanted, where he wanted to go. So uh, we did. I did some written feedback first and foremost. I actually quite like using written feedback. Feedback's great because feedback you can use in the moment. So something happens and you use that uh, the, the, a kind of um, structure of, what I observed, what it made me feel, and therefore what I'm thinking is. Um, so it's real. It's about my feelings because you did something that made me feel something. And, and therefore, it's making me think, I wonder what, how that might impact the future. Um, but if you're giving people 
feedback and they're asking for it specifically sometimes it's nice to write it down so they've got time to think about it and absorb it mm -hmm. before then then they talk about it so i wrote quite a bit about my observations and all the conversations that we'd had um and some were quite specific to both his his presentation of self um of his use of personal power um i don't know if you've heard that before about so he one of his questions was about how, how can I have more of an impact and get to where my next level and where I want to be? Um, and that for me is about personal power and owning that moment and being the expert in the moment, not being overconfident, but not asking mm -hmm. for permission, um, mm -hmm. but also not being arrogant. There's a balance there to be had, but um, finding that, that using that personal power of confidence, knowledge, insight, having an opinion, but voicing it in the right way at the right time. Um, and then we obviously had a discussion about it and once you'd had time to think about it and then talk it through. Um, and I think again, by asking the questions as a result of that, so how did that make you feel? What were the things you were thinking of as a result of that? Where might you take this? Where could you use that? What would stop you from? Um, I think what we got to was for him was a place where I think he felt more confident just to um, be the person he wanted to be. Um, mm -hmm. and I think sometimes people step into it and then step back from it thinking, oh, maybe I've gone too far or I haven't got the right. I haven't earned the right. I, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I'm stepping on toes. Um, so for me, it was encouraging him to, to follow his true, um, beliefs, but by being a nice human being within mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, I think that was, and, and there's lots of other examples of, do you know, in my experience, um, this is going to sound really awful, um, but I've made people cry, cry quite often, not, not from being a horrible person, but from just making people think, oh, my God, I'd not really thought about it that way. And that it, it, cry in a positive way of I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't realized I was feeling that. I hadn't realized I'd stop myself from doing that. Um, and asking questions and being truly interested it is a superpower it is powerful you, so, so you, what, if what you, do, you do so i would i would test anyone again this comes back to peter slay which i thought was brilliant uh was he would say if you go home tonight and say to your partner should we go out for dinner tonight the answer is generally yeah okay where should we go oh let's go for italian so instead of saying, let's go for Italian, you've got to say, I don't know, where, where do you think we should go? Well, I don't know, what do you fancy? I don't know, what do you fancy? And it, it, it's really hard because you don't act like that with your, with your partner. You know, you just tend to go, yeah, let's go for a curry. Um, but it, it's, that, it's just those little things of asking another question um, and just starting to get those answers and then asking another question on that. Keyword questioning is another one. Uh, curry, oh, curry. What would you find if it was a curry? What would you fancy? Oh, do you know, I love onion bargies. Oh, onion bargies. How many would you have? Oh, anyway, you know, a bit silly, but that keyword questioning is another one. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, but uh, no, 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 not, not at all. So, what, what essentially I'm taking from it, Suzanne, is that obviously because most people in work come to work with a work persona on, they're, they're not normally their genuine, authentic self at work. And what you're almost doing by asking why, 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 you're digging into and actually understanding what that person actually thinks and how they actually want to act. 
And then you're almost giving them permission to be that authentic self. And by you understanding how they actually feel and how what they actually want to do, you can then support that and motivate them in a way that's true to themselves rather than a way that they believe they should act at work or believe they should act with you, their boss. Um, is that right? A hundred percent. I really battled in my early management career about myself, but also those around me of that, I should say, that work versus home persona. Um, but I, I think you're right. People do put up a bit of a barrier. I, I came to the conclusion that people do. Um, but people put up a bit of a barrier. And as you say, they act in the way that they think they should act. Mm. Um, and again, if they'd ask some questions, they might find out that that wasn't how people wanted them to act in the first place. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's like it's peeling back layers of an onion, isn't it? It's it's giving people permission to be honest, to be human, to, to be... To be the person who cries when they watch a movie or gets upset when people around them aren't maybe direct or honest enough with them or gets really excited when stuff happens that um, makes them want to bounce home and tell their family um, real stuff, real stuff that's mm -hmm. important. Work, work is work. Again, another example that I had um, uh early days in my so direct selling career um i was selling to some company and i'd made an, uh, a mistake on a quote and he rang up and said well i want this because you quoted blah 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 so i had an absolute panic need to speak to my manager he was in a meeting i was it was early days of mobiles i couldn't text him so i was ringing him and um i think i had to, we must have had email or something at the time anyway i was trying to get hold of him Anyway, I came out in a minute and said, oh, my God, what's happened? Who's died or who's in a burning building? I was like, oh, I no one, but I made a mistake. And he was like, for goodness sake, we're selling mobile phones. It was orange at the time. It's really not that important. We don't work in a hospital. We're not saving lives. Don't worry about it. It's a mistake. And, and that, for me, was a really important learn as well, that you have to, you have to live your, your working life in in the way that you want people to be to reflect around you so not not getting overstressed by stuff not getting too wound up about stuff i mean we all do you know work is important um and and you know for some people it's really important for others it's less important but it's understanding that as well you know those those levels of importance that so uh, some people are going to email you at 10 o'clock at night because that's when they want to work and, and it's really important. Whereas others switch off five o'clock, that's it, I'm done. But as long as people are doing the best that they can and delivering to the best of their capabilities between nine and three or eight and 10 or whatever it is that they want to work, then that's really important. But that authenticity, what's the word? Um, Authenticity. That's the word. Authenticity. That authenticity, you have to earn it. Mm -hmm. People aren't yeah. going to give you who they are just because you're the manager. You have to earn yeah. it. You have to be, yeah. you have to give them something of yourself. Yeah. So what one, I think, very real challenge that, that people face um, with, with these sorts of situations is because I absolutely agree with you is to motivate people and to get the best out of them. You want to truly understand who they are, what their goals are, where they want to get to and help them get there. 
But then sometimes that is in contradiction to the very real situation that you've got targets and quotas to hit and pressures above and deadlines to hit and all those sorts of things. Surely not. And it's, <laughs> and it's not always the case that those personal motivations of those employees are directly associated with you achieving those goals you're going after. So how do you balance the two between being that very supportive, nurturing manager and then actually having to demand and ask for things at the same time? I think it all comes back into the same element. If it, if somebody isn't achieving something at work, it probably comes down to a couple of things. Either something's going on at home or outside of work that's impact, or even in work that's impacting them. So there's again, there's that human question of how are you, um, mm-hmm. and and but you you get need to get to the bottom of why that performance isn't working because if you if you ask people who are flying to do more they do more you know your your top performers will always give you top performance because they are self-motivated and if things aren't going right they mm-hmm. come and ask for help you've got the you, you know and, and, and this age-old thing of 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 your where you spend your time as well with your high performers your low performers people in the middle who you're going to be able to again it's that question thing asking questions of what's stopping them from being the best that they can be now some people just will can't articulate that won't articulate it don't want to articulate it um and you have to respect that not everybody is not everybody is me and that was another thing i learned early on you know i bounce in and i bounce out my cup overfloweth people who know me have always known i've masses of energy and enthusiasm for everything I learned early on that you can't replicate everybody in your team. Um, but you can help people get to a point of actually sometimes it just might not be the right job for them. And this is hard mm-hmm. and they can't achieve those numbers. But you, by being able to articulate why we want to achieve them, why the numbers have gone up, what we're achieving them for, what they're achieving them for, what are they going back to their goals? Why are they doing this? Why are they here? Um, what do they want to achieve themselves from this? And you're right, um, actually, we, uh, interestingly, so I'm a, um, a non-exec director on the board of British Dressage, and we've actually just lost two people from the team uh, this year. One, our IT lead, is going to be a teacher. Now, there's no way we could, you know, ha- performance management in terms of helping him be better at what he did, he did a great job, he does still do, obviously he's going to leave later on in the year to start a new term at school. Um, uh, but you know, that's a completely different career change. So there are things that people do in their lives, uh, that you, you know, I don't have the skill set to help him be a teacher. Um, but, um, you can have the skill set to help them understand that that's maybe what they want to do. Now you still got to deliver numbers, but then that's that kind of, am I in the right job? Have I got all the skills and the support? and the enthusiasm and the motivation to do the job to the best of my ability, or are any of those things out of kilter, in which case, is it the right job for me? And maybe there's something else I want to do, or do I just need some help and support and retraining? Against those human questions, you you can't make anybody do anything. That's not our jobs. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, makes complete sense. Um, we've actually also got a question from the audience as well, Suzanne. So we've got a question from Tim, who's um, 
asked about how you've had to adapt any ways that you've led um, and managed due to COVID. So now that we're remote and obviously everything you're saying very relationship focused, yeah. what, what have you had to do to adapt and change? Yeah, great question. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard for all of us because, you know, these these walls around me have have been like everybody for, for two years and, and your own self-motivation can be difficult. Um, and, and I think I, like lots of people, took for granted just how much I get from human, human interaction, human touch. But, you know, being with someone, shaking their hands or having a laugh and... You know, those things that um, make us who we are. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you almost you almost overplay in some respects that how are you? It, it was quite interesting, actually, because right at the beginning, when you're working with people on Zoom, you, go, you do get to see the walls or you have my, my husband's just taking the dog out for a walk. She's often snoring her head off, proper loud snores. So you get to see an element of people that you never saw before. Because you didn't see inside their homes or you didn't see their partners or you didn't see the kid running in or the dog snoring or the picture of the horse in the background. And so you actually could ask different questions. Oh, I didn't know you did. Or how is or what's their name? Or so you had you had a little bit of an insight into personal life that you didn't have before. or Maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Use the elements that you didn't have before. But I think once we'd asked those questions a bit, you didn't necessarily refer to them because it became natural. Um, and so I did find myself actually putting back time into the diary to go back into those conversations because actually you spoke to people more often, but in shorter clipped ways. Mm -hmm. So let's have a quick call on this. Um, back to back call, go to another person. Oh, let's just quickly talk about this. But you didn't have that go and stand by the coffee machine or walk out to lunch or go for a walk around the, the industrial estate or whatever. Um, so you have to physically build back in shorter time just to say, just want to check in that you're all right. What are your thoughts about that? How do you think that meeting went? Um, the natural stuff you would have done on your way back to your desk. So I think using your diary slightly differently. And you know what? Picking up the phone again. The amount of people, when I, I think it was partway through Oh, early part of last year, I mean, I hadn't used my phone hardly at all. And I thought, God, I'm going to start ringing people. People are like, oh, my God, it's really nice to talk to you on the phone. Uh, it felt a bit more, you know, a bit different. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, I think I think a more conscious approach to the stuff you did naturally when you were with people. Mm -hmm. No, mate, makes a lot of sense. So thank you for that, Suzanne, and thank you for the question. Yeah, good question, Tim. Thank uh, you. Um, so just in the interest of time, Suzanne, uh, we're going to move on to the final question that we ask everybody. And it's the one around an event that's had the biggest impact on you throughout your leadership career. Um, it'd be great to hear a little bit about that. <laughs> um, so it was more a conversation that then drove actually a lot of motivation. So um, back in orange days so early 30s was it a bit time ago um i was at uh, the orange business awards uh and we had a table of people and actually um i had my husband's boss at the time um uh on the table he was sat next to me he was a guest we did we did some work with them um and he said to me at the time he said say suzanne um what's your exit plan 
what you mean? What's an exit plan? Um, and um, so I was, a, I think I was head of, no, I think it was sales management at the time. Uh, or was it T-Mobile? I can't remember now exactly, but yeah, it must have been T-Mobile. So I've head of um, uh, client development. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought massively about my career and when I, where I was going, you know, I was enjoying what I was doing and um, lots of fun with it. Um, but, you know, I wasn't like, all right, I've got to be an X or a Y or, or anything like that. So, but he said, well, what's your exit plan? Uh, I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, you know, wh when do you want to get out of all of this corporate life? I don't know. I hadn't even thought about it. Anyway, so this whole conversation went on through dinner. Um, and I came back and just thought, oh my God, that's a really interesting way of putting it. So take your timeline and work it backwards. So from that moment, I kind of said to myself, right, okay, so at 50, I want options. I want to look back on my career and think, you know what, well done. You've done everything you set out to do. You set, you became what you wanted to be. And financially, which financial goals to me are really important, um, uh, you, you're in a financial position to be able to make some changes and choices. Um, and that really defined the next, what was 16, 17 years for me, um, uh, to the point that, as I say, I, I had multiple roles at uh, T-Mobile and then um, EE, um, uh, to then being a senior director at Samsung, um, very driven by output, as in from my, my output, my contribution. Um, for those of you who have ever done um, uh, the, um, oh my goodness, it's gone out of my head, when you have five characteristics of your uh, strengths finder, um, fascinating. We did it at Samsung um, and my five strengths, re I, I, I didn't realize how much I'd use those over the last few years to really get me to where I, I definitely delivered incredible stuff. I led really big teams. Um, I enabled people to reach the best of their potential. I had significant impact in companies um, and I built on transformation and technical um, changes for companies uh, in using technology. So all the stuff that I really loved and wanted to be part of and got to 50 and gave myself an opportunity to do what I'm doing today, which was step off that kind of corporate big kind of process wheel and step into a small business where I can add different values and um, learn stuff as well, which I love doing um, and learn from the people around me, learn, learn different skills, learn a different industry. Um, so it's amazing what, you know, I've talked about a few people on, on, on this session that really have had an impact on me. Mm -hmm. I hope I've been able to do that to some people in my team that they'll remember. Oh, do you remember when Suzanne said, probably those who ask more generally get more, um, and what's your exit plan? Um, but, um, there, there are instances that when, when things get a bit tough, uh, and, and you're looking around, you're thinking, gosh, this is really hard. You've got to have a reason for what you're doing. You've got, mm. you've got to have a belief that you're getting something out of it. And that might be money. It might be to get your next promotion. It might be because you just love what you're doing and, and you're really helping people around you. I mean, all of those things apply to me. I have a massively high level of responsibility in my skill set, as well as energy, strategic, visionary. 
etc. Um, but that responsibility thing, I hadn't realized just how much that drove me. Um, mm -hmm. But it gave me that ability to get to the roles I wanted to get to, achieve my financial kind of resilience to the point I needed to get to, to be able to then do something completely different, which has just fired me up all over again. That's great. And it shows the power of the of a, of a single conversation can have yeah. and the impact that as leaders we can have on other people as well. Definitely. So I think that's a great place to end as well, Suzanne. So thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to all the audience members that also joined as well. Um, and uh, I hope you all have a good evening. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Josh. Take care.